Welcome to Horror and More with Anya Gore. I am your horror mistress, Anya, and today I've got a special guest on here, and we are discussing mental health and apparitions. Welcome, Stephanie, from Wicked Cat Clothing. Hi, thanks for having me. I love that you call yourself a horror mistress. <laughs> I don't think I heard that before from you, so I like that. No, yeah, I feel like um, somebody way back when I started off called me their mistress. And, ah. and then, you know, because of the Patreon stuff that I do, kind of cool. rolled into horror mistress, and I thought, yep, I'm a self-proclaimed horror mistress now. Nice. I like it. So this is going to be, for anybody listening, this is going to be a trigger warning. This episode is going to be Stephanie being very real with everybody and open and discussing mental health. And if um, dark mental health or suicide or apparitions is a trigger for you, then you may want to either gloss over parts of this episode or go on to listen to our previous episode where we do not discuss such uh, a heavy topic. So roll right into it, Stephanie. Tell us about well, this event much. that happened. Uh, so this event was a very big one, and I'll give a brief background. Uh, so I left home at 16. I had a very tumultuous upbringing, and I was on my own at 16. I had an apartment and everything, and I got in really bad debt. And I had to move back home with my grandma when I was 21, which was terrible because from 16 to 21, I had no responsibilities really. And so now I had someone telling me what to do. And my grandma was pretty evil and would call me fat and ugly, stupid. So all the names that you can think of that are derogatory, she called me. And, you know, as a impressionable young woman, it, it really affected me. And I already have issues, eating disorder issues. Um, I was anorexic for years. I only weighed about 70 pounds and I'm 5'9", so you can wow. imagine, you can imagine how small that was. So I had this growing up and then the fact that I had to move back in with her was super triggering and my uncle also lived there, my mom's brother, who I did not get along with. So I, my grandma had one of those houses where there was actually a basement in the ground. <laughs> not where they're now just part of the house. So she had one of those basements in the ground and there was a back door on it, but she made sure to bolt it shut so I could not come in or out that way because she wanted to monitor my every, every move. So I liked to party growing up, like probably many young people. I went, I mean, I, I was a fair partier. Um, and then when I hit 21, right, I could buy alcohol. So it got worse because I had to live there. So every night, you know, I was a poor college student. I would go buy one of those Carlo Rossi. I don't know if you know what those are, but they're big box wines. They're big fucking box wine. And I would drink every night downstairs after I got home from work. And I would usually take sleeping pills too, over the counter sleeping pills. Every night I was drinking, taking sleep pills, drinking, taking sleep pills. And I was just a functioning, I guess you could call me an alcoholic at that point. I was just a functioning, this was a routine. And she really never came down there to bother me. The only time I had to interact with her was when I went in and out of the house. Um, but it was also very stressful because 
if I was not home by 9 p.m., she would lock me out of the house, like the screen door, so I couldn't even get in. So many nights, I would just be in my car drinking because uh, that was just so stressful. <laughs> and I remember one night, I got two boxes of Carlo Rossi, and I said, this is it. I, I can't fucking live like this anymore. I am going to school for what I don't really want to do. I'm working at a dead-end job. I'm now living back with my grandma in the basement. This is no, no life to live. So, like I said, I got two boxes of Carlo Rossi, and then I got a whole bottle of Tylenol PM. And I drank two boxes of Carlo Rossi, and I took all of the Tylenol PM. And wow. I woke up. I thought I was dead. I woke up, and... You can imagine, so I, because it was in the basement, it was a real low ceiling, and because I'm pretty tall, I could almost hit the top of it. So even laying down is pretty low, right? And I looked, and the whole, I, I, I feel chills even to this day, the whole top of my room was covered with what looked like black little ghosts with red beady eyes, and all covered my room, all over, the walls and everything. They were like swarming. And I thought I had died. I thought I was in hell. And they were just staring, I mean, just hundreds of red eyes staring at me, staring at me. And I put the covers over my head. I pulled the covers back and they were still there. I opened the door quickly. I ran to the bathroom, I had a bathroom downstairs. I stayed in there for a few minutes. I was like scared, but not scared, if that makes sense. I just mm -hmm. didn't know what was going on. I thought I was dead. Like I couldn't figure out if I was alive or dead, honestly, um, because I didn't know what they were at that moment. And so I went back in my bedroom and they were still there. And I decided, well, I had more sleeping pills um, from another bottle. So I took the rest of those sleeping pills so I could either be more dead or go to sleep. Cause I, again, I didn't know what was going on. And so I went to sleep again and I woke up and I was alive. And I have no fucking idea how I was alive, but I will tell you something from that day on, I feel like that was a huge warning. I went straight to rehab. I went and lived with my best friend and I got the fuck out of there. And I had to get out because I literally felt like I was going to either die just in general from the stress or heart attack or something or I was definitely going to kill myself because I wanted I, I was aiming to kill myself that night so I I can tell you to this day I don't know how I lived um, through that but I felt those apparitions or whatever you want to call them were I maybe there it was a sign that this is what hell would be like and that's not a good place <laughs> so yeah, that's that's um, my well, journey to see those. That's very very heavy. I have all the it's questions. For sure, heavy. All the questions. Um, it's for sure heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it like it was yesterday, and it was years and years and years ago. So, it's it's like you would you know those little ghosts, and they kind of have the carved out. How do I say it? the carved out part to it? Then the round shape and the little. These at the bottom, you know, like a regular so like, ghost. You like a off. typical shape of a ghost. Yes, exactly. So they yeah. were little, I would say hand size, all over with red beady eyes in black. Um, 
and it was, like I said, I was scared but not scared because I didn't know where I was. I literally didn't know where I was. I, I thought maybe I was in between living and dead because I could still walk to the bathroom down the hallway. Cause so I was still in the same place, but I wasn't sure if I was actually there, right? Mm -hmm. If I was not crossing over. So it was a trippy, trippy night. So what's interesting, what's interesting, what the first thing that comes to my mind in hearing you talk about this is you were saying that when you woke up and you Mm -hmm. saw all of these beings, Mm -hmm. you weren't sure what was going on, what was happening. You weren't sure if you Mm -hmm. were alive or you were dead. And so then you went and took more pills. And then when you woke up that next time, you knew you were alive. Mm -hmm. So what made the feeling that time different than the feeling when you woke up and knew you were alive because the 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 first time you didn't know that I think because I woke up and I was still in a state of drunkenness uh and I have a pretty strong intuition so if I had to tell you why I think because that's what my intuition was telling me when I got up like I am still here and to be clear I didn't know what these were I did not know when the apparition was and so this is really random. I am not a, I am not a churchgoer at all. Like I am totally fucking anti-church. I'm sorry to anyone listening here, but I grew <laughs> up in a religion, which I call a cult. And um, randomly, my best friend wanted me to go to church with her. This was like a week later. And this one girl stood up and told a story about seeing apparitions like I saw in her bedroom. And that's when I put two and two together. So I wasn't crazy. People do see these things, and there was a name to it. I didn't have a name for it, and so is it an apparition. Like is it an apparition different? Because I I have no knowledge about you know uh-huh. any of this. Is an apparition different than say an experience with the spirit, or is it all kind of within the same realm? I mean, I, I think people would argue either way because for me it wasn't a person; it mm. was like a being. Um, I think people will say they saw an apparition like I saw my grandma as an apparition. But to me, they're bad. They're not good things. So if you're seeing it, I mean, you're ghost hunting, maybe, sure. But if it's, you, you, you have bad things around you, right? Like I was drinking, I was in a bad place. I had terrible intentions for myself, mm-hmm. you know? So I think all of this, and I, also I want to be clear, my grandma was psychic, so I'm very open to this kind of stuff. Um, so I think that I have that openness about me. So I think all of that collided that night. And that's what happened. I mean, people might have another name for them, but this is just what, like, the girl told the story at church and described the same thing, and she said apparition. So from then on, that's exactly what I, I think of um, apparitions to be. So just like Sasquatch, Yeti, you know, Right. Chupacara, they all are essentially almost the same thing, just different names. Right. Do you, do, I mean, this is obviously probably passed through your mind, but do you think mm-hmm. that maybe you had died? Well, I thought about that, actually. Mm-hmm. I had thought, I thought maybe I got, so this is all hypothetical, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't, I can't necessarily remember this part. Um, I feel like I got halfway and got pushed back. I say hypothetical, but I also say intuition-wise. I feel something. And I'm literally not a crazy person. I'm a totally normal person who lives a normal life. But I feel like I went halfway and got pushed back. 
And I have to tell you who I think I got pushed back by. So my grandfather passed away, and he was like a dad to me. I mean, when he passed away, that my, I felt like my life ended. And I feel like it was him pushing me back. So That's very I telling, know. I think. 15 years later, I'm here. <laughs> but, yeah. That's crazy but, that you're saying that you felt a push back versus yes. some people who say they felt the pull back, right? Uh-uh, like, uh-uh. like I felt I was pushed over. Whoa. I felt I was... It wasn't my time. I'm very big on that. Like, if it's your time, it's your time to go. And I think that if people try and commit suicide and they do die, I think, in my opinion, that must have been their time to go. So I don't think it was my time to go. And that's why my suicide attempt didn't work. But I also feel that my grandpa was the one that pushed me back. That's why I say when I got out and went to the bathroom, I. I felt hazy. I didn't know exactly where I was. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I feel like maybe that could have been a transitional moment, but I can't speak to exactly why or what. It's just it's just something in my mind tells me that. Um, well, yeah, you got to go with how you feel. That's that's yeah. the big part yeah. of it. It's, mm-hmm. it's when you're saying that it just visually mm-hmm. it, this, the scenario that's popping into my brain, that sounds just terrifying. It wasn't though. It wasn't even talking about now and I can see it. I wasn't scared at all. I just didn't know what it was. That's I just crazy. didn't know. That's more, uh, what scared me is not knowing what it was, but I wasn't screaming, right? I wasn't anything. I, don't, I would never want to call attention and have her run down there and then she sees all these empty pill bottle and the wine boxes and have a fit. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, she's the one that drove, I mean, you have your own choice, right? But, you know, people can, words can push you so much to the breaking point. And she just pushed me. She pushed me so hard. And I just wanted to die that night because of her. Yeah. So that when the volume of what you took, that's intense. I can't believe you took that much and that you're still here. Like, I'm glad that you're still here, obviously. Yeah. But that and then you went back and took more. I'm surprised, too. I, I have a my best friend's friend actually did almost the exact same thing did. I did. And she did wake up too and when she woke up the first thing she said was oh man I wished I had died why am I still alive (laughs) so I didn't have that I just was like okay this is the push I need I gotta get the fuck out of my grandma's house she's toxic she's calling me names I gotta go and I'm the antithesis to my family I'm everything that they don't want someone to be I don't conform to rules they're in their boxes so I think I was just an easy target for her to pick on because I didn't do anything she liked. I can tell you, though, this is one of the things, big things that has shaped my life, and I don't give a flying fuck anymore what people think. <laughs> like, It just doesn't matter to me. I would never kill myself over what someone told me because I almost did, or I tried to, right? So mm-hmm. it's not worth it. Uh, so I just... You know, words are words, and you can only you can only take 
so much in, but you got to remember that they're just words. Don't let them hurt you. You know, people are usually coming at you with bad things because they're in a bad place. So they're just projecting on you. And I always try to remember that she was an evil, angry woman. And I actually have decided that I think I was everything she wanted to be growing up, but couldn't be. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure that I was the rebel that her, she wanted to be, that my mom wanted to be, that my aunts wanted to be, but they didn't. So I still look at it as they have this envy towards me that I just didn't give a fuck. I'm like, I didn't care back then, but I like really don't care now. <laughs> so. Well, it sounds you know. like, and, and you are absolutely going to have to come back on here to discuss the cult that you refer to I we need to hear about that at one point but it's interesting that you came from that environment yes and I mean especially if you're in a situation like that where it's it's almost like you're um the all the control has been taken away from you you were told to live a certain way to to breathe basically you believe what I say so to, to go from that extreme Mm-hmm. to your situation now where you actually don't care that is huge and to to in the middle of all of that to be you know verbally abused and emotionally abused by your grandmother yeah. and then you almost kill yourself and then that didn't succeed um what like talk about not destiny isn't necessarily the right word I'm going for, but your path was laid out very clearly, it seems, that night. I can say this, as you see on Instagram, I'm very open about mental health, mental illness. I'm an extreme advocate for it. I, if I can help one person, I have done my job. I would love to advocate for this uh, somehow on a bigger platform. But mm-hmm. I think that this is one of the reasons why I'm still here because I don't give a fuck if I tell you I have depression, I have bipolar, I tried to commit suicide. You know, I'm sure there's many people that have mental illness that just don't want to talk about it. And I'm here to talk about it. And even if you don't want to, maybe it'll make you feel better knowing that I'm going through the same thing as you. And you can internalize that and maybe feel more at peace. So. I just want to advocate for mental health. That That is my, minus my clothing line, I love it, but mental health is huge to me. Um, so I think that's, my intuition is telling me I don't know what, but someday I will have a bigger platform to be able to speak on it. And I, I hate the stigma around it. It just pisses the fuck out of me. And you know, we can all have different mental illness. I am a func- I have function. I, I consider myself high functioning, bipolar, depression. Now I have a cousin who has severe schizophrenia and can't function on his own. Right. So there's different spectrums. Mm-hmm. So you can be functioning and have a mental illness. Cause if you met me, you'd probably think I had nothing. Right. But mm-hmm. you don't know that. And I don't know that the person next to me doesn't cause they look normal and et cetera, et cetera. So I just think it needs to be talked about more and normalized. I agree. I, I'm the same as you. Very, very big advocate for mental health. And mm-hmm. it seems it seems in the media and social uh, media that, you know, anxiety, autism, mm-hmm. these sort of in- illnesses are starting to be talked about a little bit more. But 
bipolar is not one that is often discussed and it is the old school stereotype back in the 90s when we were you know teenagers when you were bipolar you were basically just polar ends of the spectrum and you were insane and that is not the case for people with bipolar disorder and this is amazing that you're talking about it because yeah this needs to get out there more yeah, and you know, when I first told my, so I, I, I also, I had never gone to a counselor as an adult, except I went to one as a kid, right? So I'd never gone to a counselor, a, a psychiatrist, but I thought this is the turning point. And I also took myself to get counseling and a psychiatrist. And that's when I got diagnosed with, you know, depression. I have extreme anxiety too, and then bipolar. But I think that I had the manic polar. So I don't know if you're familiar with bipolar or any of the the type of symptoms but I personally think so when I would hit my high high I was I was so high I would not high like on drugs but Mm -hmm. I could run a marathon as fast as I possibly could and never stop and do it I could go and spend twenty thousand dollars and not blink like everything I would do would just be the extreme when I was on my manic high so I believe I was on some sort of manic high during this time that I wanted to kill myself. And that's ultimately what saved me because my body was used to that adrenaline right. at that time. I don't know, all speculation. Uh, I don't really have explanations for that night, but I can speculate the older I get, the more I talk about it. My friend's son just got diagnosed with autism and ADHD. And so I'm learning from her and helps me learn about myself. And I, and, you know, I had this um, past life regression reading and the girl said, I was a witch and I was hung during the Salem witch trials and I definitely think that could be a possibility because I think they hung a lot of people because they thought they were crazy but actually they just had a mental health disorder so Mm -hmm. back in the day they would hang me because I was bipolar and I would do these manic things right that aren't normal but really it was just a mental health disorder no no demon was in me or whatever they wanted to say so I just, I'm, I'm here for anyone that ever wants to talk about mental health. It's just a passion of mine. I just fucking hate how the media portrays it. Like, oh, that person killed someone because they were probably mentally ill. That, mm-hmm. That's not, that's, that's like a total stereotype that needs to be shut down. I and agree with you. That's I mean, where I'm at. the mental illness of, of being a psychopath is not the same as somebody mm-hmm. with depression. It's not the same as somebody who was autistic. It's its yeah. own category. And yeah. the very little that I know about true crime and any, any of the like major serial killers, they're yeah. in that headspace of psychotic or being a psychopath. And that mm-hmm. the traits are just so different. Yes, exactly. But I think that people like to label it as such. It makes them feel better and they don't have to go out and try and really analyze what's going on. So, you know, I've had a lot of mental health issues in my life and I just think that that one night culminated to create me who I am ultimately because it got me out of that house. I don't know. And I, I left her house having just a really like, basic job right minimum wage to moving in with my best friend there would have been no way I could have lived on my own and that just so I would have probably I would have eventually left 
but I wouldn't have left at that moment, but I just had to get out. And, you right. know, as I was leaving and telling her, you know, I'm going to treatment, she was like, you don't have a problem. What's wrong? With you? you were down there drinking? I didn't know you were down there drinking. I'm like, well, yeah, I wouldn't fucking tell you. And I was functioning, so you wouldn't know. Um, so it was still that shame from her <laughs> as I was leaving. Um, and then she was saying, oh, you're coming back, aren't you? I go, I'll never fucking come here ever again. And uh, so on her deathbed, she asked for me to come, and I did not go. That was my final fuck you. Whether it's right or wrong, that was mine. She tormented me for years, and I was not going to go say bye to her. I had already said bye to her the day I left there. Plus, I would probably, like, even when she was getting dementia, she still would say mean things to me, like, oh, you're fat, you're ugly. She still said those things. So it's like, why would I go and see her again? in hospice and she like say shitty things to me why would i even subject myself to that so that was my kind of f you to her i don't well, know it's out, it, and that's the thing when it comes to how people handle that sort of thing there is no right or wrong it's just what works for mm-hmm. you and it sounded like that's what you needed was to not yeah. go and see her yeah and i i didn't i don't tell well i guess now many people know it when i go on podcasts and talk about it but i did not tell that story to anyone except my best friend for years because I was still in the mindset that well I'd heard that girl at church say she had seen these type of things but I don't know I don't know if this is real I can't but it had to be and you know so you worry what people think about you right and I mean people say they see God why can't I say I see apparitions Mm -hmm. I mean you see what you see it's true do I believe you not really sure. Do you believe me? Maybe you're not sure either, but that's where I'm at. I just, I love also the, the metaphorical push, right? So yeah, something was pushing you back, but it was mm-hmm. also metaphorically pushing you into a different state that you needed to be mm-hmm. in. Without yeah. that push, whatever push that actually was, or in this zone or that zone or hell or in between or whatever, it sounds like that's something that you really needed to head into the, not the right direction, because I don't want to say right or wrong, but into yeah. a, a different direction that was more healthy for you. Right, right. I agree. I agree. And, you know, my grandma treated my grandpa terrible. So I just feel like it was him saying, go back, get out of there. Hmm. So, like when he died, I thought, why couldn't I die with him? And I have to deal with this because my parents divorced, right? So my mom moved in with them so I lived with them my whole life until I left at 16 um, but you know and also how do you feel you leave at 16 you come back at 21 what a fucking failure that is I had to rectify that with myself yeah so there was a lot around that <laughs> and but I am so happy to talk about it and be here to say it um, I still have really down days really down and I I like to be open with everyone on my social media platforms because I get a lot of DMs from people. They don't comment on the comments, but they say that really helped me. I was going through this too. So I love that. And I I just want to help. And I don't care if I blast it from the rooftops, what disorders I have, because it's not your fucking problem. It's my problem. Mm -hmm. And I want to help solve this for the world. Um, 
because I hate when people say mental illness isn't real. I, I despise that. It just makes me so angry. Um, so if there's any cause that can get me riled up, well, it's pets, right? I love my pets. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love my animals. Don't hurt animals. And then it's uh, mental illness. So they're very equally close to my heart. Well, I'm glad yeah. to hear this. It's, yeah. it's a heavy topic, but it's it's good to talk about it um, because if somebody's listening and they're in one of those heavy moments mm-hmm. and they can hear the the lightness in your voice at this day, right? There's yeah. there's hope to know that not every day is going to be down and heavy, that there are going to mm-hmm. be some days where it's lighter and you don't feel as much weight on your shoulders from it. Yeah. Because you're right. Everybody, everybody has ups and downs. And I truly don't know very many people that don't have some kind of mental health struggle right now. I mean, shit, I'm still struggling. Not as much, but Mm -hmm. I have my down days. For sure. I like it when people do put it out on social media like you're talking about because it it gives you a moment of realization that even though we, we know that we're not alone, when you're seeing that and you're in that moment, it really makes you feel not alone, you know? Yeah. And you know, whenever I see a celebrity that's committed suicide, I cry. And I cry not because I know this person, obviously. It's just so heavy in my heart that all the money in the world, if you are struggling in your head, it can't it it does not stop it like Mm -hmm. for me the thoughts in my head would not have stopped me that night right so i hate when i see people say oh they have all this money why would they kill themselves it has nothing to do with money yeah and that's where i'm at on that but i feel so broken for them because they have like britney spears just to say this really quick she has to go through it on a public level if i if people saw what i had done before i was diagnosed I would be shamed just like her. Mm-hmm. And it's just, ter- I feel terrible that, and it, it's not just that they're going through it, but that people are shaming them for it. And I just, it's terrible. I agree. And you know, the Britney Spears one is a really good example because everybody remembers mm-hmm. when she had of her course. her heightened moments of, of shaving course. her head and stuff. And it's really hard because I do follow her on social media as well. Yeah. When I see some of her posts, my instinct immediately goes to, well, she's having a manic episode right now. And it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It really shouldn't right. because maybe she's just a little awkward. Maybe she is posting something that I wouldn't do, but that doesn't mean that she's having a manic episode. So it's it's good to remind ourselves that mm-hmm. just because somebody had a moment of struggle doesn't mean that they are struggling every single second. Right. Exactly. And you should not throw a conservatorship on someone just for a few. I, honestly, I didn't shave my head, but I did some things that possibly would put me in that same scenario. And just because of that, you get your life stripped away. I mean, that's fucked up. That's like, that's mm-hmm. terrible. I agree so, with you. I don't know her. I don't know exactly what she's diagnosed with, but I feel for her because I felt trapped. While I wasn't financially or you know physically trapped, I felt trapped in my head. So I get that part. Well, and it's also, everybody I think feels so trapped right now with oh, the yeah. pandemic. And mm-hmm. 
it's just there are some days where we can all relate where we're just sitting here staring out the window and it recycles in your mind why am I doing this why am I just going through these daily motions and for what we can't really go anywhere we can't go out anymore we can't see the people we want to see and I saw something really interesting today um where west coast um Joel H. Joel Brewster from West Coast Strange posted today that in those moments when we are feeling, you know, what's the point or you're feeling really down, how you always end up going back to people in the creative arts to watch. You're watching their movies, you're listening to their podcasts, you're listening to their music, you're watching the TV, you're checking out their social medias. And that is such a good release for those moments of difficulty and this is why it's so important to support everybody in that environment I that is so interesting to me because when I so I love Lincoln Park Chester Mm -hmm. Benningfield one of my favorite favorite singers of all time Mm -hmm. um do you know Lincoln Park yeah well I I did um and I know the him and what happened yeah so uh when I get really down I watch him and I, I will watch his memorial service and I will cry and I don't know, I couldn't tell you why, but I just watch it and I think here's a man who's a great singer, family, wife, and he killed himself. And it's just so sad. And I just, so that's interesting you just mentioned what that guy had said because I do watch that kind of stuff when I'm super down. Most people do. It. it- it evokes some kind of emotion in you. And then yeah. if you're crying, that's that's the kind of release that you obviously need. Mm-hmm. I know that when I'm having a really hard day and I'm feeling overwhelmed in my brain and I can't function properly, mm-hmm. I like to watch something that's going to pull me out of my head and put me into the movie or the TV show that, that I'm watching. Because that's that's my way of getting some kind of release because then I'm not in my head. Usually trashy TV does that for me. I'm all oh, about yeah. the housewives. <laughs> oh, trashy TV is awesome. <laughs> so I can just zone out and not think. So that's what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is why it's so important for everybody listening. Support artists. Don't just for sure. look at their post and, you know, peruse by it. Actually take a moment, like their posts, share their posts, mm-hmm. go purchase products in our stores. <laughs> Wicked cat yep. clothing, you know? Yes. It's, it's because if nobody does that in the long run, there's not going to be anybody to even look at anymore. Right. We don't need Amazon and Walmarts taking the share of everything. That's right. Let's support local. Yes, I agree. And small. Local, small. Local, small. Yes. yes. I mean, obviously, everybody at times does need I mean, yes, to go of course. do those sort of things. But if you of have... Of course. I do Amazon Fresh. Like, I don't have anyone locally that sells produce that's not a big box store right but you know I get that I do it too but for the most part my clothes are either my clothes or I purchase them from a small business and that's how it should be if you're in a position where you can you should support local like that Mm -hmm. or share even sharing I know share the post put it in your story if you don't want to put it in your feed just share it share it share it share I share every Saturday a small business and then every Friday I share a podcast just get just share just that's all I think for me that's all I ask um 
it's not even necessarily, I, I'd love it if you purchase, but if you can't purchase, don't want to, don't even like it. But if you can share, that's, that's very important to get Agreed. it out there. And I, and I have noticed as well that the people that do struggle with mental health often are the busiest people. It's like we like to jam in a whole bunch of things so we don't really have this space. For sure. To... I don't really have a lot of downtime. Yeah, but it's good because sometimes that downtime can put us into dark time. Mm-hmm. Someone said to me, you know, creative people such as yourself and myself, Lily, that was talking to me said, are usually some form of ADD or ADHD because you got to constantly be moving. And I thought, huh, I've always thought that about myself. I'm always multitasking. I rarely sit. So that's an interesting thought to me. That is an interesting thought. I don't, uh, I'm the same as you. I'm even when I'm like, when I'm talking to somebody, I'm pacing in the room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm I'm usually walking on my treadmill if I'm taking a business call because I can kill two birds with one stone. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where I'm at. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing this story and being so open about it. And if anybody has any questions about mental health or bipolar disorder or operations, you know, reach out to Stephanie first (laughs) because you've had experience. Um, But uh, it's, it's so nice to hear people openly talk about that realm that they, the unknown realm that we don't know anything about. Yes, please reach. I'm happy to talk to anyone about any mental health issue you want to talk about. No judgment. I've probably been there or I'm there right now. So, or I'm just in the air. If you don't want me to say anything, you just want to tell me. Do you have anything you want to share with anybody? Anything you have upcoming where people can find you? Well, I don't know when this is getting posted, but I do have a new Valentine's Day design that will be out in two days. And what's really exciting coming up is I will be at Monster Palooza in June as a vendor. Ooh. So if you are in Pasadena, California, you definitely need to come and stop by and say hi there. I know that's a little out of the way uh, out right now, but I'm already planning for it, my booth and everything and some cool giveaways. Um, and I'm also working on custom designs. So whatever you see on the web, like on my shirts, I, my illustrator does that. So he's, he's my business partner too, but we're doing custom hoodies and sweatpants. So they're going to be higher end than what you currently see now because um, they're going to have grommets on it and they're going to have patches on it and kind of tears. They're going to look really cool. So you will see those for the first time at Monster Palooza as well. That sounds really exciting. And then you're going to meet me behind Wicked Cat Clothing. <laughs> yes, if you're in Pasadena, California, please go. I wish that I could be I in Pasadena, California this summer. I know. Yeah, just throwing that out there. If you're at Monsterpalooza, I will be a vendor there. 